Well, again, thank you for being here this morning. I'm glad that you're here and just glad that you made it with the time change. I saw on Derek's Facebook, he put something that, uh, I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but hey, thanks for reminding me to switch all the clocks that I don't have to switch anymore because they're all automatic, you know. Uh, some of us grew up in the day where you had to go out and move the sundial around a little bit and change it for daylight savings time, but I know some of you have grown up in the world where your clocks and your phones and all that stuff does it automatically. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad that you made it here today. We are going to continue uh, on this morning, uh, reviewing kind of the fundamentals of the faith. We've been talking about doctrines, and we've gone into disciplines now. And uh, today we're going to talk about knowing the Word of God. Now, I know you may say, wait a minute, deja vu. A few weeks ago, Rob uh, preached on uh, of the Word of God. Well, yes, he did. He preached about the doctrine of the Word of God, the things that we believe about the Word of God, uh, thing, things that we uh, uh, value, uh, the things that we see, the doctrine we have surrounding the Word of God. Today we're going to talk about the discipline around the Word of God, our discipline around the Word of God. But before we do that, I just want to make mention to you, I know that you, uh, some of you are driving up and you uh, see all this construction going on. That's where the new quick trip, of course, is going. And uh, uh, some of you have made mention to me that it looks like probably uh, as they build the outer road that we're going to lose our sign out front. Yes, we are. We knew that ahead of time. Uh, uh, they're going to put an outer road in there. It's going to take away our sign. So we're going to have to buy a new church sign. So we've been thinking about this and talking about this a little bit. And I've, I've uh, uh, been looking at other church signs and kind of what we should you know, get maybe. And you know, church signs can be very interesting sometimes. They can be very informative like this one. Honk if you love Jesus. Text while you're driving if you want to meet him. Now that's, inf now that's informative. I mean, that's helpful, isn't it? Isn't it? Now this is one that I really, I find the most inspiring. It says, uh, God, help me to be the person my dog thinks I am. Isn't that true? If we were about half or two-thirds of the person that our dog thinks we are, we'd be just uh, almost perfect, you know? Here's my favorite of all time. It's an old sign, but it's one of my very favorites. I, if we ever get a church sign, we should do this. I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. I find that to be quite humorous and, and get to, you know, some people have asked me if we get a new church sign, uh, are you going to put the pastor's name on it? Like some church signs have the pastor's name at the bottom. I said, no, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I don't really want to do that ever uh, because you got to be really careful then what you put on the sign, right? Because like this one, best sausage supper in St. Louis, come and eat pastor Thomas wrestler. Now, that's a strange church. Uh, you know, I've heard of having roast pastor for lunch on Sundays, but never a sausage dinner. And then, of course, uh, this one's one of my favorites. Whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It's hot where you're going. <laughs> I, I kind of drifted into the making a threat thing there, you know. And then, of course, you got to be careful who you ask to do the sign because, you know, the pastors can't be, you know, doing that kind of stuff. So, so you know, you ask somebody to help with the sign, and then they wind up doing something like this. They asked me to change the sign, so I did. <laughs> okay, great. Well, there's one church sign that I saw um, that I think is probably pretty accurate, and I think it will help us today. And it says, get off of Facebook and into my book, Signed God. Now, let me ask you a question uh, to make you feel guilty right up front. Uh, how many of us, if we could collect every moment in time that we spend on Facebook, and then we collected every moment of time that we spend in God's Word, how would those rate? Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? Uh, you know, I know some people that I'm, I'm starting to wonder if they're going to become actual hermits, never go out of their house, and, and just live on Facebook, you know? Uh, and this isn't a, 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 you know, there's nothing bad about Facebook. But folks, I think it is challenging for us to think sometimes that we find time to do many, many things 
but we don't seem to find time for God's word. That's a challenge for me. It's a challenge, I hope, for you. Why is God's word so important? Why is, I mean, why are we talking? We talked about a doctrine of surrounding God's word, of how important God's word is and the theology around God's word. And now we're spending a whole nother week talking about knowing God's word. Why is it so important? Well, I think we look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I think it tells us. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Whoo! God's word is so powerful that it can penetrate to even the intentions and the thoughts of our heart that we have never spoken aloud. Wow. That's pretty powerful. God's word is pretty powerful. And so we want to uh, today talk about how to know God's word. I'm not to just let it sit on the, on the bookcase or uh, you know, on, the, on the nightstand, but to really know the Word of God. So let's start. I think the first way is pretty obvious, and that is reading it. Reading it. We start out by just reading the Word of God. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, let me ask you a question. If there was a way at your job to be completely and totally equipped for every single thing that comes down your way, wouldn't that be pretty cool? Uh, Wouldn't it be really neat if you could say, no matter what happens today, I am totally and completely equipped to handle it because I've been trained so well. Folks, that's what this passage is basically saying. Listen, God's word is beneficial for for correction. It corrects us in love. It's good for reproof. It's profitable for teaching us, for training us, so that the man or woman of God can be complete and equipped for every good work, able to do every good work that they're called to do. Now, folks, if that doesn't get us reading it, I don't know what what will, honestly. I saw a statistic this week as I was looking for information. I saw a statistic this week that said, uh, where Americans, do you know where Americans do the majority of reading now? In the restroom. (laughs) People don't read books anymore. Uh, uh, You know, they read the majority of time in the restroom. And I wonder if all of us just committed, I know this is strange, you probably never thought you'd hear a pastor say this. But if all of us, and and of course it also mentioned that we take our phones into the restroom with us. I wonder if all of us just read the Bible when we're in the restroom. I wonder if that would increase, increase our time with God's word. Uh, I mean, something as small as that might help us just to read it more. And folks, it's beneficial for us. It's beneficial for us. You know, God's not saying, hey, read my word. That makes me feel important. Hey, read my word because I get a kick out of it. He's saying, listen, read my word because it helps you. I want you to read it because it it benefits you. So I want you to decide today, maybe, to get together a plan. Now, listen, I have a lot of great intentions in my life. I intend to clean out the garage In fact, I've intended to clean that garage out for months, years, okay? And and you know why it never gets done? Because I don't have a plan. 
I don't have a plan. Now, if I set aside, uh, if I said, well, I'm going to take off a Friday, and I'm going to spend Friday and Saturday cleaning out the garage, and I took some time off, and I went and did that, and I said, that's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do. I would probably get it done. I mean, the things that I plan out, I, I get most of those done. But because I don't have a plan, I never do it. Listen, folks, if you sit here today and say, you know, I'm going to read God's word more, but you have no plan, the best intentions of your heart will not change a thing. But walk away today. And by the way, there's, there's 5,000 plans on the internet. You can read the New Testament in a year. You can read the whole Bible in a year. You can read the whole Bible in six months. You can read the Bible chronologically. You can read the Bible alphabetically. You can read the Bible forwards and backwards and upside down and in the restroom and, and you know, on a swing set and everything else. I mean, there's a, there's a plan for everything. So I want to encourage you, especially when you talk in your community groups this week, don't just say, I plan to read God's word more. Get a plan. Get a plan. And folks, don't overdo it. Listen, don't say, well, hey, I'm, I'm just going to take this next week and really read the whole word of God. Don't, don't be crazy about it. Don't, don't, don't set yourself up for failure. If you're not reading it now, you know what? If you just read it five or ten minutes a day, it would change your life. It will change your life. So I want to encourage you to come up with a plan to read God's word. The second way we know God's word is by hearing it. Hearing it. Look what it says in Romans 10, 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Listen, our faith is built from hearing God's word. And, and, and there's, along with 5,000 reading plans, there's 5,000 apps. Well, there's only 500 apps. Okay, but there's a, a bunch of apps. You can have the Bible read to you by a British guy. You can have it read to you by Siri. You can have it read to you by just about anybody you want. And, and your phone will read the Bible to you. Listen, instead of, of listening to the goofy stuff we listen to on the radio all the time in the car, maybe sometime, especially if you have Bluetooth, just, just listen to God's word. Listen to it. We talk about how important it is to be at church. Folks, for some of us, some of us, if we don't come to church, we haven't heard God's word all week at all. So it's important to be here to hear God's word. We read it, we, we think about it, we talk about it. It's important for you to be in a community group where you read it more, you think about it more, you talk about it more. It's important for us to hear God's word because it increases our faith. It grows it. It comes from it. And so we not only need to read it, but we need to hear it. Also, we need to study it. We know God's word by studying it. Now, for some of you who have been coming here for a while, in the last year or so, we've been through uh, about three quarters of the book of Acts. We're going to finish that up this summer. And back in Acts chapter 17, there's a group of people there that are well known for the way that they study the word of God. Isn't it? Wouldn't that be cool to be known? Oh, those people over at Fellowship of Grace, man, they just, whoo, man, they just take God's word apart, man. They, they just study it like crazy. That'd be a good thing to be known for. And look what it says in Acts chapter 17. It says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Listen, the Bereans examined God's word daily. They studied God's word daily. They, they took it apart daily. They, they spent time not just reading and hearing it, but really studying it, understanding what it says. 
Now I'm going to take you through uh, kind of a five-point, very quickly, five-point way to study the Bible. Because it's not enough if you say, well, I'm going to study the Bible now. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to read the notes at the bottom of the Bible. That's not really studying the Bible. Okay? And by the way, uh, you don't need me or Pastor Derek or anybody else to tell you how to study, or to tell you uh, what the Bible says. You can study it for yourself. Okay? All of us have access to it. The first point, or the first step, is this, consecration. The question you ask yourself is, am I ready to hear from God? As we approach God's word, it's important for us to say, God, help me not to read into this what I want to see, but read out of it what it really says. I come to God's word and I say, all of my beliefs, all of my thoughts, all of my behaviors, everything that I am and do and think is now, I wish I could, you know, is going to be under the word of God. Picture this in our mind. I'm placing myself under the word of God. So when God's word and my opinion disagree, guess who's right? And so I change my opinion. Change my opinion. Now listen, I'm old enough and I've studied it enough that I don't change my opinion a lot anymore. But man, when I was young, boy, I would open God's word and I would really go, wow, it says that? God really thinks that? That's not what my friends think. It's not what they talk about. I need to change the way I think. And so consecration is very important, the way we approach God's word. Otherwise, if we say, well, I already know everything. Now let me read this book and, and make sure it says what I want it to say. Folks, you're not getting anything from God. All you are is pretending to be God yourself. So after consecration... We do observation. What does it really say? Now, this is the step that most people actually skip. They skip because they want to go right to interpretation. What is it? I read this and I want to know what it means. No, 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 no. This is a very, very important step. In fact, in my study time, I spend probably two-thirds of my time on this step. Because words mean things. God says things a specific way for a specific reason. And so we need to see what it really says. What does it really, really, really say? Then I'm ready for interpretation. What does it mean? What does it really mean? After I know what it says, then I can understand better what it really means. Then I move on to application. What should I do? Now that I've read God's word and I've understood it, how do I respond to it? How do I respond to it? What behaviors do I change? What thoughts do I change? What actions do I change? What friends do I change? What things in my relationship do I change? Because I've read and understood God's word and I see what God wants from me. I see how he wants to change me and affect me. Or maybe I see how he loves me and it changes everything. What does it mean? What should I do? And then finally, communication. Who else should hear? Let me tell you something. When you start really studying God's word and you spend time uh, uh, you know, observing and interpreting and applying, you get really excited about God's word. And then you, you come to church and you go, man, I read this thing this week. You, this is cool. You gotta, let me tell you about this. You just want to share it with people. When's the last time? You were excited about God's word because of something you had read and studied. Think about that. 
Think about that. I, by calling, get the opportunity to do that every week. But listen, I don't do it just here. I don't do it just here. I do it in other places in life too. And so we see this, this, this process when studying God's word of consecration, observation, interpretation, application, and communication. If you will follow these five steps, I'm telling you folks, it will open the word of God for you. It'll be a brand new world, brand new world. Now, I, I just, I hope it was God uh, in the early service. Uh, I just, I just committed Pastor Derek and Pastor Kendall and I to this. Listen, if you want to do this better, if you want to do this more, if you say, I, I hear you, but I don't understand what you're saying really, I don't know how to do that, help me. Take out a connection card and write Bible study. Don't abbreviate it. Just write Bible study on the back of your, on the back of your connection card and, pu- and put it in the, the thing. Okay, we want to help you folks. We want to, listen, if you're here today and you say, I want to learn to, to read and understand God's word, I just don't know how, we will help you. We will find a way, we will find the time to help you. I'm not going to turn somebody away who says, I want to read and understand God's word, I just don't know how. We'll, we'll help you. Okay? But that's what, uh, knowing God's word, part of it is studying it. The other part is memorizing it. Not just reading it, hearing it, and studying it, but memorizing it. Look what it says in Psalm 119.11. It says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, I know that, you know, 10 years ago, well, 20 years ago, I could say to people, hey, you guys memorize everything. You memorize phone numbers and addresses and all. You you guys memorize all this stuff. You can memorize God's word. I can't say that anymore. I know two phone numbers, I think. Well, three if I count. My mother still has the same phone number I grew up with. So I I know three phone numbers, I think by memory. Otherwise, I just say, hey, Siri, call Casey. And it does it. I don't know what her phone number is. Okay? So we don't memorize nearly as much stuff. But listen, folks, don't let Satan whisper in your ear and say, you can't memorize. Everybody here know how to get to work without a map or without a GPS? You've memorized how to do that. I'll bet if you thought about it, you know how to get to 100 places. Anybody look at a map to get to church today? You just knew where it was. You had it memorized. Folks, we memorize thousands and thousands and thousands of bits of information. Our mind is an incredible computer. You can memorize God's word. Now, folks, this is, this is important. I think it's a place where we don't do a very good job. But we need to do better. As some of you saw in the city last night, I posted uh, that I would like for you to pray for Julie and I. As most of you know, Julie, my wife, was a, was a breast cancer survivor, uh, had breast cancer 17 years ago. This week, she found a knot under her arm uh, in one of her lymph nodes. We went to the doctor on Friday, and he immediately scheduled her for a sonogram and uh, to meet with a surgeon this week. Now, I was sitting there in the office. And James 1 was running through my head, running out of my heart. It says, and I'm not cheating. It says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. 
And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks in wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously without reproach. And let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man expect to receive anything from God, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I didn't know I was going to have to know that. But sitting in that chair, listening to that doctor, man, that brought such comfort to my heart. Such comfort to my heart because I had spent time memorizing God's word. Folks, if I were going to just beg you to do something, I beg you, I beg you to, uh, to memorize God's word. Find some passages that are meaningful. Find some passages that will speak to your heart and you'll be able to grab onto at difficult times and, and stuff them into your heart. God will bless you. God will help you. God will bring those back at times that will, will minister to you and change your life. My life was changed because sometime back in college, I memorized James 1. So, Memorize God's word, folks. Also, I want to encourage you to meditate on it. Meditate on it. Now, this one, that doesn't mean that you read a passage and then you, you know, get in the, you know, uh, uh, goofy position on the floor and, you know, om. I'm, I'm talking about meditating on God's word that way. Okay? But look what it says here, first of all, in Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, before you think there's cash involved, this word prosperous and success doesn't mean necessarily cash money. It means, listen, if you, if you want God to bless your life, spend time meditating meditating on God's word. Now, what does that mean? If it doesn't mean sitting in a goofy position and chanting and looking out the window, what does it mean? Well, I, I want to model that for you this morning, okay? I want to model that for you. I, want, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to do it for you. So I read this verse a little while ago. Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, it takes me four and a half seconds to read that, that verse. I've timed it several times this week. It takes me four and a half times, uh, four and a half seconds to read that verse. When I read it and I say, okay, what does it mean? Well, it says, uh, okay, I've, I've memorized your word in my heart so I, I don't sin against you. It takes me five seconds to understand the basic meaning of it. Now, most of us, when we read, we do that. We read it in 4.5 seconds. We have a basic idea in five seconds and we move on. I want to spend three minutes, three minutes, and I want to very scarily give you a, a, a path into my, my mind, <laughs> okay? I'm going, to, I'm going to speak out loud what is in my heart as I meditate on this verse for three minutes. And I want you to, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not a perfect person at doing this, okay? But, it, but I do it and, it, and it speaks to me and God works in it. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to meditate on this verse that takes me four and a half seconds to read, about five seconds to have a basic understanding of it. So nine and a half seconds is what we might usually spend time. I'm going to spend three minutes on it. 
and I'm just going to speak out loud what's in my mind and my heart so that you can see what it's like to meditate on God's word. And I've got a clock right up here. I'm going I'm to actually time it so that I spend three full minutes meditating on this, on this passage. So here we go. I have stored up. Mm. I. I have to initiate it. God is not going to force his word into my heart. He's not going to somehow just push it into me. I have to initiate the desire and the effort and the energy to store up God's word. I have stored, stored. It's like a barn, just, just filling it with the things that I collect, with the things that I'll need. I'm going to store it up. And I'm going to store up God's word. I need to read it and memorize it and just be able to recall it. I need to spend time uh, just remembering it, speaking it out loud, saying it back to myself. I just need to store it up, pack it in as if there were a barn with no sides to it so I can just keep storing up more and more of it. And I need to store it up in my heart, my heart, the place where my personality resides, the place where my desires reside, the place where everything that I care about resides. That's where I'm going to store up God's, God's word in my heart. And then it says that I might not sin. It doesn't say I won't sin. It says I might not sin. There's a chance that I'll be able to overcome my sinfulness if I memorize God's word. There's a chance that I'll do better at sinning less if I memorize more. So God help me to memorize more and more and more and more so that I sin less and less and less and less. I see that when I memorize your word, when I'm really spending time on it, that I, I do sin less and I need to spend more time on it. And then it says that I might not sin against you. Wow. It's hard to really understand that every time I sin whether I sin against my wife or sin against my children or sin against my friends, at the end of the day, I'm really sinning against you, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times that I have chosen my own path, indifference and indifference to your word. God, help me to store up your word in my heart. Help me to just spend time packing it in, memorizing it, memorizing it and, and repeating it so that I can... Prepare myself to face everything that I have to do in life, every situation. God, help me do that so that I can find a path that helps me to sin less against you. I want to sin less tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, which means I have to memorize more today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God, help me do this. Now, folks, that's just three minutes right there on just meditating on one verse from God's word. You see how rich it is? You see how when, you, when, you, when we stop and we go, I just need to take a couple of minutes here and just invest it in something that's more valuable than television. And, and I spend a couple of minutes on it. Three minutes, who doesn't have three minutes? You, you see everything you can get out of just one verse 16 words. 
and you get and I get three minutes of, of rich communion with God to just meditate on his word. I want to encourage you, if you don't do that, start doing that and, and just set an alarm. Read one verse and set a two-minute alarm, folks, and say, I'm going to think on nothing at all for these two minutes except this one verse, and then take some time and meditate on it. Lastly, we need to apply it. We need to apply it. It's not enough to read it or hear it or study it or memorize it or meditate on it if we don't do it. Look what James 1.22 says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What this passage is really saying, folks, is listen, if you spend a lot of time reading God's word, but you don't ever do it, you're a liar. And worst of all, you're lying to yourself. You're spending all this time reading it, and then you're not doing any of it. What's the point? What's the point? Folks, it's not enough for us to read it or to hear it or to study it or memorize it or to meditate on it if we don't have a decision to follow it. I know none of us does it perfect, but we can't throw in the towel and say, I'm not going to invest in it because I can't do it perfectly. I don't breathe perfectly, but I keep doing that. Right? I mean, there's a lot of things we don't do perfect we don't give up on. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. Read it. Hear it. Study it. Memorize it, meditate on it, and then apply it to your lives and do it. Folks, I want you to know the Word of God. I want you to know the Word of God not because I want to go. That's not, that's not it. I want you to know the Word of God because, folks, I'm telling you, knowing the Word of God will change your life. It will. And there's, there's people in this room that are shaking their heads, yes, yeah, I, I've experienced that. Yeah, Pastor, I've experienced that. It's changed my life. It'll change your life. And I want you to experience that kind of change. Listen, if, we were, if you had no experience about God at all, if you were completely and totally blank slate at this moment, how would we know God? Listen, this is just the best place, I think, to know him. If you could, could read somebody's journal, don't you think you'd get to know him pretty well? Listen, God's gone to a lot of trouble to inspire this book and to protect it for thousands of years now. He wants us to have it. He wants us to read it and to know it and to have a relationship with him because we read about him from him. So I want to encourage you today. Don't leave here and beat yourself up for what you're doing now. Don't do that, folks. That is just another way that Satan wants to just guilt you into doing nothing. Don't do that. If you say, well, listen, I'm not reading it. I barely hear it when I come to church. I, I don't study it. I don't memorize it. I don't meditate on it, and I barely apply it. Okay, start today. That, that's what this is about. It's not, you know, when we come to church, it's not a place where we beat each other up over the past. It's where we look to the future and we say, I'm going to do better. I, I'm going to commit to do and be better. And so I want you to leave here today saying, I'm going to do this. And I want you to spend time in your community groups uh, this week to talk about that. Talk about how you're going to do better. How we can encourage each other and, 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 and help each other and hold each other accountable and, and, and just do all the things necessary for us to just know 
God's word better. Because here's what will happen. It will bless your lives. And I want your lives to be blessed. Don't you? I think you do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. You have gone to such such careful care to inspire it through men, to collect it, to protect it, to give it to us, and we take it for granted. God, help us not do that anymore. Help us to not ignore it or be indifferent to it, but help us to love it, to desire to spend time reading it and hearing it. God, help us get better at studying it. Give us the courage to memorize it. Help us to meditate on it and spend the time necessary to meditate on it. And then, God, help us, above all, to apply it as you change our minds and our hearts, change our behavior through your word. Father, we are thankful for this time. And we pray that you will help us now to grow and become more like your son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.